Episode 102 of the State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on October 17th, 2019. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. This week on the show, Onslaught is practically here. I'll talk about everything that's coming, which means a new story, no spoilers, a new operation on Duxon, a new flashpoint on Corellia, new planets to explore, and a lot of little things to get excited about. Also this week, I have more spoils of war for you. I'm talking about BIS 306 RNG EIEIO. And finally this week, Onderon's not far away, but we're not there yet. There's still time to get some things done before the 22nd. And with that, it's time to make the jump to light speed and cue the moron. Well, thank you, Galt. And welcome to episode 102 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and as you heard in the opening, I have another great show lined up for you today. Onslaught, the next expansion for Star Wars The Old Republic, is just days away now. It has a new story, operation, flashpoint, and of course, a complete overhaul to the gearing system. I'm going to get into all of that today, and more, starting with the story. So yes, I am going to talk about story, but I'm not going to get into a lot of plot points, mainly because I don't know what they are, and I'm not going to dive into speculation about what might happen. I'm just going to talk about what we already know. So in short, spoiler alert, no spoilers. Onslaught will pick up after the events on Osis, and will continue to work with and fight against characters like Tal Ildair and Darth Malgus as war between the Galactic Republic and Sith Empire intensifies. I don't know if we'll say goodbye to Odessa completely, but its days as a central hub of power in the galaxy seem numbered. We do know that the story will take us to a couple of new places, the first of which is Onderon. Onderon is a planet that was featured in the Clone Wars animated series, as well as Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2 and various comics. It's a planet steeped in lore for both the legend stories and canon of Star Wars. I don't know what surprises Onderon has in store for us, but we will get to visit the planet beyond the story. Much like Yavin 4 in Shadow of Revan, it has a daily area and a reputation to work towards. Onderon was playable on the PTS and much like Umbara, Capero, Nathema, and Osis, it's a beautiful world. It has urban and jungle environments, it's bright and sunny, and it's full of people and creatures that want to kill you. In addition to Onderon, our adventures will take us to the new world of Meksha. Meksha isn't a true planet, It's a vast underworld city built inside of an asteroid. As to the role it will play in the story, well, according to Charles Boyd, we've returned to the classic Sith Empire versus Galactic Republic conflict in our storyline, but wanted to show that this newest phase of that ongoing war is a bit more desperate and challenging than in the past. Resources are getting more difficult to acquire, and the criminal underworld is gaining power, as it so often does in times of scarcity. Mech Shah gives us the opportunity to let players experience those aspects of the story directly. 
Mechshaw was not available on the PTS, although I think a few folks managed to find their way there. And because it wasn't available for testing, it leads me to believe that it's part of the story only and not a place we'll visit once it's over. Still, it looks like a very cool environment. The one or two images that I've seen remind me of Rishi Narshada with a splash of Port Nowhere. The story will conclude with a new flashpoint on Corellia. Now, if you recall, Corellia was where all of the original class stories ended, so I like that this latest conflict between the Republican Empire will take us there once again. Expect there to be story, solo, veteran, and master modes for this flashpoint. I don't know how long the story will be, but I hope it's at least as long as Shadow of Revan, and I hope this is just the beginning. While I don't want a true cliffhanger, I would like to see it end similarly to Jedi Under Siege, where we know that there is another chapter or two coming later in the expansion. Whatever happens, I'm ready to find Lana and Theron and save the galaxy one more time. Alright, so you've completed the story, the war is over, maybe, and your character is leveled up. Now what? Well, it's time to reap the spoils of war and start leveling up your gear because you are in the end game now. The new gearing system is called Spoils of War and it promises to have us swimming in gear. Some things you should know about gear? Well, first, it's 100% legacy. All of it. This means armor shells, armorings, mods, enhancements, hilts and barrels, weapons, implants, earpieces, and relics, and yes, the new slot item, tacticals. You're going to be able to store all of it in your legacy cargo hold and mail it to your vast army of alts. The max item rating for gear is 306. When you hit level 75 and start to gear up, the item rating of the gear you'll get will be around 270. Now as your gear gets better, i.e. your item rating goes up, you'll start to get higher rated gear. What this means is until you're at item rating 306 or close to it, you'll probably want to equip whatever you get that has the highest item rating regardless of its actual power or upgrade potential. While this sounds bad, there are lots of ways to get gear, so the path to 306 might not be that long. Oh, and thank the force that we have the outfit designer so you don't have to run around looking like a galactic clown. Just like past expansions, we will continue to get gear with set bonuses. Unlike past expansions, there will be a lot of set bonuses that we can get. There are set bonuses for advanced classes, there are set bonuses for base classes, and there are set bonuses that have no class that anyone can use. There are two four and six piece set bonuses and you can mix and match the various sets. The bonuses will now be tied to the armor shells instead of the armor rings allowing you to easily upgrade your sets throughout the expansion. Now there are simply too many set bonuses out there to run through them all or know if there is any one that's a must have and always use. I suspect though that we'll carry around multiple sets of gear for different situations. And then there are tacticals. Tacticals are an item that will go into a new slot on our characters. Tacticals affect how certain abilities behave in combat. And like set bonuses, there are tacticals that all classes can use, and there are tacticals that are specific to advanced classes and advanced class specializations. Like the set bonuses, there are too many to cover here, 
But here's an example of a generic tactical that anyone can use. It's called Life Warden, and what it does is restore a large amount of health when your health drops below 20% and it has a 10 minute cooldown. An example of a tactical for an advanced class is one called Thermal Nuclear Fusion for Arsenal Mercenaries. With this tactical, Fusion Missiles spreads heat signature to nearby targets, assuming there is at least one target in range with a heat signature already applied. Additionally, Heat Seeker Missiles fire additional missiles to nearby targets affected by heat signature. As you can see, this tactical gives Arsenal some pretty potent AoE potential. And finally, as if set bonuses and tacticals weren't enough, gear will, gear will come with another bonus called Amplifiers. Amplifiers are bonus stats you'll find on armor shells, armorings, mods, enhancements, as well as relics, implants, and earpieces. Main hand and offhand weapons will not have amplifiers. This is simply because weapons aren't part of the outfit designer and Bioware wants, us, wants you to keep using your favorite blaster or lightsaber. The amplifiers that you get on a piece of gear are random, however, you can spend credits to re-roll them to try and get what you need, which I believe includes not only changing the stat, but improving its quality as well. There are four tiers of amplifiers and they are color-coded color like our gear. Green, blue, purple, and gold, with green being the lowest quality and gold the highest. Now different pieces will have different sets of amplifiers. Shells, relics, implants, and air pieces will share one group of stats, as will armorings, barrels, and hilts. Mods and enhancements will each have their own set of amplifiers. So what exactly will these amplifiers do? Well, you can probably sense a pattern here when I say there are too many to cover, but here's a sampling of what you can expect. Armor shells, relics, implants, and earpieces have amplifiers that mainly affect crafting and XP. Things like increased XP and renown points from running a flashpoint or increased efficiency time for name your crew skill. Mods have amplifiers that will improve the success rate of crew skill missions or increase your crew skill critical success rate. They also have amplifiers that reduce durability loss of your gear or increase your speed while mounted. Armorings, hilts, and barrels have amplifiers that come into play during combat. These are things like reduced damage from force attacks or reduced damage from periodic effects. Enhancements also have combat-related amplifiers, and these are things like increased threat generation, slowing a target after you crit, or increased movement speed after you receive a direct heal. So there you have it, set bonuses, tacticals, and amplifiers. These are the tools with which we will wreak havoc and mayhem in Onslaught, our delicious spoils of war. Now that you know what the spoils of war are, let's dive into how you'll go about getting all of this stuff. The idea behind spoils of war is play what you want. If operations are your jam, then only play ops and you'll get gear. If you're more of a good against the living kind of person, then play war zones and the force will provide. The same goes for every other type of content in the game. Flashpoints, conquest, GSF, and heroics all will get you gear. 
And while you're running around doing all or none of those things, you'll continue to earn Galactic Renown crates, formerly known as Galactic Command. If none of the gear that you get is to your liking, you can deconstruct it and get crafting materials and, more importantly, tech fragments. Tech fragments are a form of currency that you can use to buy more gear. Oh, did I mention that tech fragments are a legacy currency? Yeah, they are. Now, deconstructing gear is just one source of tech fragments. You'll also earn them by killing Flashpoint and Ops bosses, completing war zones, and through Galactic Renown. Flashpoint and Ops bosses also drop gear in addition to tech fragments. Let me repeat because it's definitely worth repeating. Flashpoint and Ops bosses will drop gear in Onslaught. So tech fragments are the shiny new currency, so what exactly can you buy? There are vendors that will sell almost every tactical and set bonus for a combination of tech fragments and credits. Don't expect these to be cheap though. The only things they won't sell are set bonuses and tacticals that drop from the Corellia Flashpoint and the Ducks in Operation. They also won't sell crafted sets and tacticals and they won't sell the Onderon Reputation set. In addition to these vendors, our old pal Kai Zyken is back and has opened up shop on the fleets. He'll be available for a limited time each week and will sell a selection of the items from the other vendors, but at a reduced price. There is also a vendor that will sell random gear for tech fragments. The purpose of this vendor is to help you with your vertical progression. While you may not know the stats of the gear, you're guaranteed to get a piece that has a higher item rating than what you have equipped, item rating 306 notwithstanding. Drops that you get will be specific to your chosen discipline, and you will now be able to choose your loot discipline in Onslaught, meaning you can now farm DPS gear while tanking for your group. Now that you have an idea of the various sources of gear, I want to look at how things might play out in Onslaught. And I think when it comes to gearing, there will be two phases vertical progression and a horizontal progression. The first phase will be to get to item rating 306 as quickly as possible and complete that vertical progression. Everything below 306 is disposable, so you don't want to spend time and credits fussing with amplifiers or rearranging stats on gear that you're going to get rid of very soon. Once you get to 306, all the items that drop or you purchase will match that item rating. And remember, more than just gear drops, you'll also loot armorings, mods, and enhancements. And once you're in 306, you'll be more powerful, but you won't be all powerful. But you will be ready to seek out that unlimited power and get your character in best in slot, or as the cool kids like to call it, BIS. Now that doesn't mean you won't get set bonuses or tacticals along the way, but I think the first priority will be to complete that vertical progression. Once you're in 306, you can really start zoning in on those set bonuses, tacticals, mods, enhancements, and amplifiers. I'm not going to go through all of the loot tables here, but just know that you will be able to target specific sets and tacticals. For example, if you're after the Entertainer's set bonus, this is a two-piece set that grants 2% endurance and where using a rest and recharge ability will buff nearby allies for increased XP, mastery, and endurance for one hour. I'm pretty sure that's a nod to the entertainer profession in Star Wars Galaxies, by the way. But if you really want that set, then you can focus on doing daily and weekly missions as it drops from the crate that is awarded by, from completing the daily and weekly missions of any type. Likewise, there are sets and tacticals that drop from Corellia and Duxin. Essentially, every type of content will drop something specific, so it's not going to be 100% random, 
nor will it be perfect. Hopefully we'll get a nice balance of gear that will keep yet enough gear to deconstruct and keep the tech fragment coffers full. And one more thing about BIS, and I get that with moddable gear, this is not as much of an issue, but remember, your gear and stats work as a set. If you have a few BIS pieces, but equipping them puts you under the accuracy target because you don't have the supporting pieces, well then your BIS is actually a POS, and you may have to wait a little bit before you have that unlimited power. I've talked a lot about the story and the gear, but that's not all that we're getting in Onslaught. There are a lot of little changes happening that will make the game a whole lot better. Inventory is always an issue in this game, and in Onslaught we are getting some major relief. Both our personal and legacy cargo holds will have an additional tab you can purchase. There is a separate storage for crafting materials, and as far as I can tell, it's practically a bottomless pit, and it's also legacy-wide. In addition to increased storage, you will find legacy cargo holds in a lot more places in the galaxy, namely the fleets. And speaking of the fleets, at least on the Imperial side, they added some new signage to help you to help tell you where things are. And I'm embarrassed to say that after all these years of playing, I need that signage. Operations are getting some big changes. First, story mode will no longer have a lockout, meaning you can run them as many times as you want throughout the week. Also, all of the legacy operations will be balanced around level 70. What this means is when you run them, your character will be squished down to that level. Hopefully, they'll get the balance right. For the last few years, our companions have returned to us one by one, and in Onslaught, they are returning to our ships. Yes, we are getting our crew back. I noticed that on my Bounty Hunter ship, I had all of the original companions, plus Lana and Theron. And if you're like me and like to travel from planet to planet via your ship, Bioware has finally updated the arrival cinematics for all of the planets, something they started with Galactic Strongholds. Oh, and one more thing about companions. Hopefully we'll see Kira and Scourge return, and hopefully we'll have the opportunity to make some new friends. I know of at least one, well, really two, that will be able to recruit in Onslaught. You'll also notice that the character backgrounds on the character selection screen have received a small update and you'll see your ship droids lurking in the background. I'm sure there are a lot of other little things coming in Onslaught and if I notice them I'll be sure to mention them next episode. I've got to say though I'm really excited about those inventory changes. Onslaught is close, very close, but it's not here yet, which means you still have time to wrap up some things before the big day. The big thing I recommend is to spend your command tokens, and I suggest you buy command boosts as those will still come in handy in Onslaught. If you don't spend them, you'll get a handful of credits, but the boosts are a much better value. 
If you haven't played the story in Osis or haven't done it in a while, it's probably a good idea to revisit that as the Onslaught story will be closely tied to Jedi Under Siege. In fact, Charles Boyd alluded to this when he talked about the state of the galaxy, or lack thereof, on the forums. Charles wrote, I think the most pertinent update since Jedi Under Siege would be that Darth Savick has taken over Darth Malor's role as lead of Imperial Scientific Advancement in the aftermath of the events on Osis. Both Republican Imperial players will get to know her better in Onslaught. Everything else you need to know should pretty well be covered in the Onslaught storyline itself. To be honest, with all of the branching we're introducing in this story, I have no idea how we'll cleanly present a State of the Galaxy article later on, but that's a good question for another time. And note to self, that's a good topic for another episode. Beyond that, cleaning up your inventory is always a good idea. And finally, if you're a subscriber, you'll have access to the Nautilin species. Definitely make sure you have a character slot or two available. Remember, you can have up to 40 per server, and I think I have about four left right now, and I really like these Nautilins. Definitely going to do the Kit Fisto Jedi thing, but I also fancy a Nautilin Inquisitor, a Trooper, and maybe even a Smuggler. So, final note for today, on October 22nd, we'll say hello to Onslaught, but we'll also say goodbye to this. That, of course, is the character selection music that we've enjoyed for nearly eight years. It's served us well, but we're getting a new one, and I have to say, it's pretty darn good. 
And wait, I lied. Final, final note for today. Be sure to check out the Working Class Nerds podcast next week. They will have Holly Fields, the voice actress, Nadia Grell, as their special guest. I can't wait to hear what she has to say. Nadia is one of my favorite companions. Oh, and if you're listening, Marcus, I'd love it if you'd ask her the following. One, has she seen the final character either in-game or by watching cinematics on YouTube, and did Nadia come out the way she thought she would? And two, what kind of preparation goes into portraying a character like Nadia? Do you just show up and read lines, or do you need to know the character's background, history, favorite color, and so on? And finally, I'd ask her all sorts of awkward questions about romancing Nadia, same gender, and weird species with tentacles, because that's how we roll here at SOTOR Podcast. And that's the state of the Old Republic for today. Let me cut in the sublight engines and cue the music and congratulate you on surviving another half hour listening to episode 102 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and I thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly from the show's site, which is SOTORpodcast.com, and there is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at SOTORpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions to at SOTORpodcast or send me a direct message, and be sure to follow me on Twitter to get the latest information on the show. Look for episode 103 in, well, way less than four weeks. Until then, remember the Sith Code. Kate is alive.